Hi friends, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. If you're looking to inspire more people, have a positive impact on a global scale, build an influential and magnetic brand, and build a profitable business with your unique gifts and talents, then the Influence Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Jake Adam Davey, former high school French and Spanish teacher, turned international speaker, online business coach, and Instagram growth and monetization enthusiast. You can find tools, resources, and so much more on the website, jakeadamdavy.com. And you can also say hello on Instagram at jakeadamdavy. Please also, if you're enjoying the podcast, do feel free to leave a review. The more stars, the better, of course. But equally, if you're not enjoying it, you are still invited to leave a review. The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful and beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Influence Podcast. Hello, welcome along. This is episode number 64 of the Influence Podcast and today I am interviewing Dove Gordon and Dove is from ProfitableRelationships.com. Now Dove um, and, and I connected or I was introduced to Dove um, probably around a month or so, two months before recording. So that would be uh, maybe August, July time, uh, 2020. Um, and I was introduced to Dove as he is the or he was kind of introduced to me, or I was introduced to him, I should say, uh, because he is extremely well connected, and he he has um, quite a remarkable network um, of business owners, entrepreneurs, very very uh, established or well established people and experts in their field, and this is something that that Dove has actually, you know, just from having from I say just from, but from having these relationships. And doing what a lot of us do kind of every day, you know, talking to people, uh, building relationships, connecting, networking, and then making introductions to people. Um, he's actually turned this into a business and a very, very lucrative business as well. The thing that so, so let's let's dive in. So Dove's experience is helping consultants use what he calls backwards networking to reach their ideal clients consistently. And he talks about this in great detail at the start of the episode. I mean, literally the kind of thing he's talking about it where you could go and you could start implementing these uh, straight away. It's quite incredible. So experienced consultants know that the best clients come from referrals, they come from relationships, and this is Dove's real sort of tagline that that's where he's looking to um, to really build upon this, okay? Referrals are unpredictable and relationships take a lot of time. So the way that Dove what Dove does is he gives this simple and practical alternative, how you can become an under-the-radar leader, under-the-radar influencer in your industry. And it's quite an interesting topic because this this is, the, the idea of being under the radar, it's quite different to, to putting yourself out there, out there on social media and out there on Instagram. You know, we, we talk a lot on the Influence Podcast about, and there's of course that strong connection, strong tie with Instagram and putting yourself out there, being the personal brand, uh, showing your face, sharing your message, impacting the world by being up front and center. But we've all had those moments, no matter our personality, where we don't quite want to be that. We don't, you know, we want a day off, we want time away, or it, it, it doesn't quite, you know, we don't have that feeling. Um, but we also, you know, there's also personalities where people just, it's not in their nature to do that. And I think what Dover's uncovered here 
is is how you you don't necessarily need to put yourself out there, but you can become, as I say, what he calls an under the radar leader, an under the radar influence in your industry. So this is really really valuable if you th- if if you think oh, I'm not always enjoying putting myself out there. What other alternatives are there? And this may be something that just totally blows your mind. So we're going to talk about that firstly. We also, and there's a couple of other great insights as, as this conversation develops. The first of these um, that Dove then moves on to is he talks about the three questions that people ask themselves before they do business with you. Now they're so simple, but they're not something that people are always aware of. And I've heard this before, but I, it didn't really stick at the time. I wasn't in that kind of place where it made sense to me. But now, having heard it again, immediately I just thought, yes, this makes a lot of sense. So listen out for that section, the three questions people ask themselves before doing business with you. And if you can get clear on those, it becomes easier to, for you to, to, to get people to say yes, right? That's what we're looking for. We're looking for those yeses. And if you can identify those questions and the type of questions people are going to ask themselves, it makes it a lot easier for us to guide them towards a yes as well. We also talk about uh, education. We talk about training. We talk about books. There's one book that he recommends in particular, and it was the second time I'd heard this in, in 24 hours, somebody recommend this book. So do take a listen for that as well. I know you're going to enjoy this. I'm looking forward to having a a long-lasting relationship with Dove and with his network. And this could well be the thing for you. This could be just the ticket. If you're not always a fan of putting yourself out there, or if you're just looking for a different way to be able to use your skills and leverage your skills, then the the under-the-radar leader may be just for you. Enjoy this episode. I certainly did, and I know that you'll get a lot of value from it. This is the interview with Dove Gordon. Okay, wow, what an introduction. Um, I am so excited. Dove, thank you so much for joining us today. And I just want to say welcome to the Influence Podcast. Good to be here, Jake. Thank you so much. Um, uh, First question, I mean, where to start firstly? Um, I'm going to go in with this. Um, Why do you do what you do? Why do I do what I do? Um, What I, it's taken me quite a while to realize this or at least put it in these words, but I really, enjoy helping ordinary people become extraordinary consultants. And I think that to me, that really just means is that there, there are so many people who are really good at what they do. They just, they've mastered their craft in some key area. There's a, a, an important problem they can help solve an important result that they can enable for, for, for people, you know, all, all people are important. So it, it doesn't matter who they are. Sometimes it's businesses, sometimes it's, uh, it's not, but, uh, and, but not everybody is a natural marketer or salesperson. And there's, there's this frustration when you wake up in the morning and you know that you have so much to offer, but you struggle because you have a high degree of confidence in your abilities as you know, whatever your craft is, uh, but a much lower degree of confidence in your ability to get other people to see that so that they want to pay you to get your help. And, you know, we're all looking to, not everybody's looking to be a multimillionaire or you know, a multi-decamillionaire. Some people want that. Most people, in my experience, really just looking for a good, nice, you know, maybe mid-six-figure income with some time to, to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Time to travel, time to go with their friends. And, and I think that I think of those as, as the ordinary people. It's the ordinary people who have so much to offer. And I feel like I, I've, because in many ways that is me and has been me, that story of, of knowing you have what to offer and not being sure how to package it and sell it and, and being confident in your skills, but you know, not as confident in your ability to get other people to see it. 
that's that's where uh, th- that's what's behind this. I think that's why I do this. That's what drives me. I really enjoy a good conversation with a just an ordinary person and hearing how they're doing, you know, extraordinary things. Yeah, yeah. I, you you touched in there as well the idea of people knowing what they want. Um, that it, just in my own experience, I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've been doing this for four years now uh, in in the sense of online business and such, but that was something that was said to me very early is getting clear on what you want, because if you're working with coaches and mentors and such, you can get there. You can, you can get that end result. But if you, if you're going for something that you don't necessarily want, if your ladder's up against the wrong building and such, then, you know, you could be achieving something that you don't want. How, how often is, is that, is that kind of a big obstacle that you think people have is, is getting there or do the people that you work with already know what that is, or is that part of the process as well? Well, there are some and there are some, although I, I'll, I would say that the biggest mistake in thinking that I come across that I think we're all guilty of to some degree, except for the fewest people who achieve the most ironic, well, not ironically, yeah, tellingly would be a, a better, better word, is that we mix up what and how we get completely confused between what we want and how we're going to get there. Um, and that is the biggest confusion or you know un- foggy thinking that we're guilty of yeah i was talking to somebody yesterday who has been rather you know has done well as a consultant i don't know that he's done extraordinarily well but he's done well and then with uh you know the coronavirus covid19 hitting um a lot of what he'd been doing was speaking and um and you know on-site consulting and workshops and he switched to online. He'd always been doing some online, but he switched to, to focus largely at online. And I'm asking about what he's doing. I mean, he reached out to me, found me somehow, scheduled the time to talk. <clears throat> and, and, you know, he's telling me about all the things he's doing. And he's, he's doing really well, um, getting well-known people as guests on his podcast and, and doing collaborations with them, creating, uh, you know, uh, collaborating with one on a book and another one on a course and another one on another course. And, yeah. and I asked him, I said, but why are you doing all this? Like, where are you going? What are you trying to accomplish? And he said, well, because it gives me credibility to be associated with these people. And then people, you know, when they hear me or they want that, I said, well, why do you want credibility? Why is it important for you to have that credibility? And he said, good question. He paused. <laughs> I said, because, because, uh, well, I mean, he's looking, he's looking to make a good, you know, but, uh, his, as a consulting business, a small coaching consulting, he's looking to get to between half a million and a million a year so that he has the money he wants to do things he wants to do. So money doesn't have to be an issue. I said, well, I think there's a more direct way to get credibility. I mean, you don't need to be working. He was, he's, he's working really hard and he knows it. Yeah. I, I think that you need to get clear. Like, what do you really want? And then what's the shortest path there? I'm not saying not to do these things if you want to, but he, he stopped and he looked at me and he said, uh, I said, you're right. You know, and that's been my problem for years now is like, I'm not, I haven't really nailed down exactly what it is that I do. And I'm doing so many things hoping that this one or that one will just explode. Yeah. So I gave him some exercises to, to do and take away. And uh, I expect I, he he is the kind of person I do expect to hear back from often you don't, but in this case, so absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, we have to, this falls into the category of things I now knew. You know, many years ago, um, I learned certain things and yeah. I thought can I knew I, that. Can I just interrupt, Tom? Sorry. I, I, that, that phrase alone is, 
<laughs> it's brilliant. Things I now, what was it again? Things I now knew. Things knew. I now knew. Things knew. I now knew. Yeah, brilliant. Sorry, right. guys, carry on. And the acronym is THINK, Things I Now Knew. I, I wrote a series of emails about things I now knew. Uh, and, you know, um, my email subscribers will still get them from time to time. We drop them in. And, you know, one of them is the importance of setting goals. You know, as a teenager, I read, I don't remember, you know, I, I read the seven habits of highly effective people and think and grow rich. Well, I tried to read think and grow rich a number of times. I don't think I ever finished it. Um, and, and other books, like I, I discovered the business and self-help sections in the local library. And I was, you know, a regular, regular visitor to see what else I could learn. And everybody talks about the importance of setting goals. You've got to know your goals. Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I read that at 15 or 16 and, you know, begin with the end in mind. Everybody talks about it. I thought, I, you know, like, yeah, okay, you got to get set goals. Now what next? And for the next 20 years, probably to some degree and to some degree still now, and I, I haven't completely overcome this. I still work on this. I probably was driven more by fear of what I didn't want than what I do want. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Probably more, rea you know, m more reacting than, um, than really deciding. I've, I, I now understand that you don't want to go into this and like, oh, I will do some of this and oh, maybe I should do that because uh, I, you know, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to work isn't the way. That's not, that's not how like, the highest achievers that we all look up to or admire for what they've accomplished in such a short period of time or the level of mastery that they've accomplished. They don't work that way. They say, I'm going to do that. And I don't know if it'll work right away. Actually, the opposite. I know it won't work right away but I will do everything I can today. And they focus on the process of it and figuring it out and adapting and getting there step by step. Yeah. But they figure out what they want and then they do everything they can to make it happen. And that is a, that's, that's the, that's what it really means to set a goal, to go after, to know what you want. And that, that comes back to almost what you, you, you talked about just almost full circle to where we started, which is the, the, the the what not the the how was that was that right, right yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's the it's the right. ends not the means yeah yeah right the ends have to be clear now obviously there, there's there are different degrees of clarity like you don't have to know exactly I don't think I mean um, maybe in ten years I'll 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 tell you I was wrong I'll feel differently but you have to know the way I think about it is that there are three things that we really need to keep in mind at any given time. Number one is what's the ultimate destination? What am I trying to accomplish? So if what you're trying to accomplish is I want to get to a place where I'm bringing in $800,000 a year. Why? Because I've done the math and $800,000 a year gives me the money that I need to support my family, to take vacations, to have time off, to not feel that I'm making decisions based on money that I uh, money or not. It gives me the ability of sacking away for, you know, several hundred thousand plus for retirement, you know, um, or whatever it is. It's, and that's something else that I've come to understand is that, that you need to know where the dollars are going to go. And most of us, we just figure, well, I'll think about that later. Now I just need to make money. Yeah. And that's apparently, that's not how the people who have a lot of money think. They think, well, I need four, you know, $40 million because, um, because I'm going to use 30 for this and six for that and whatever it is. So you, know, you got to understand where you want to end up. And, and I'm sharing this as, as a fellow you know, journey, you know, taking, taking the journey uh, with cool. you. you know, it's yeah, something cool. I'm, I've had to learn and am learning. 
So where am I trying to end up? What does that look like? And get as clear a picture as you can. Um, it may not matter to you if you're making $600,000 a year or $800,000 a year. So, so, say, so figure out roughly, well, okay, I need at least 600000 When I get halfway there, I'll decide if I want to raise it. Okay, why do I need it? What does that look like? Well, it looks like a situation where I, this is what my lifestyle looks like. Uh, and this is what I'm able to do. Okay, great. So you, that's what you want. It's not the 600,000 per se, it's 600,000 to serve that. So, so now, you know, I need the 600,000 or whatever the number is. And that's the lifestyle I want to have. And now you get a, a now you go a little further. The, the, the second question is, how do you need to be as a person in order to naturally fit into that movie? So you've yeah. described a movie, you're watching that movie. And if we had a movie that takes place in, you know, 2010 and Elvis Presley is the star, well, that wouldn't fit, right? Because he was dead, right? Yeah. So that, that doesn't make sense. And the same thing is, if you're watching a movie of yourself in 2025 or 2030, you watch yourself. And if it's the same version of you that exists today in that movie, it doesn't fit. It won't, it's not possible. So you get a, you, you reflect on that and you meditate on that and you journal on it and you, and you go for a walk and you think, well, what, does that, you know, I think of it as the ultimate you, the ultimate you and the old you. Yeah. What does the ultimate version of Jake have to look like or have to be like really in order to naturally cause those results, that $600,000 a year to naturally cause that. And then the third thing you need to keep in mind at any given time is what's my next small step. You need to be clear about the ultimate destination. Number two, how you need to be as a person to naturally cause that, that kind of situation, those results. And number three, what do I need to be? Or I'm sorry, what's the next small step? And then you take the next small step the way the ultimate version of you would take it. So you bring that version of you forward to today, take that next small step, and that's the only way you ever get there. And of course, we slip back. Of course, we fall back. Of course, we don't get it all right. Of course, we don't have perfect clarity. But every step forward helps us see beyond what we could have seen. And just one more point on, on this, like, see you know, who do you need to be as a person? So I, I had a mentor once who, who he, he did study Think and Grow Rich and he really felt, you know, that was a book that he put a lot of years into. Um, and, and he said that Napoleon Hill at the beginning of the book says that there's a secret in this book and that he doesn't say exactly what it is, but you'll uncover it if you go through it several times. So of course that leaves much room for interpretation as to what the secret is. And you know, he felt what he said, what he believed that the secret in the book was that, yes, you have to do the things he talks about. You have to have a burning desire. You have to have a, a, you know, a plan or whatever the things that he talks about in the book. You have to do those things. But the real secret is not that you wake up in the morning and you force yourself to do things. The secret is that you become the person who naturally does those things. And that stuck with me. Like, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I get that. Because we can all push ourselves to do something only so much, only so far, only for so long. But when, but we all do like the results that we're getting today, it's, it's just a natural result of who we're being, who we are. So if we change who we are, who we're being, then the results change. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. There's a few things in there that you mentioned that the phrase, the ultimate you, which I just think is, is brilliant. Um, 
I just just coming back to what you mentioned before, you, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago when you were speaking to that that um, that guy, and he was talking um, about clarity and such, and what he was looking to achieve, um, and the way that you helped him get there was through questioning. So getting this this idea of the ultimate you, the person that you need to become, and who you want to be. How how important is asking the right questions in that journey in that process? Well, asking the right questions is is absolutely, I'd say it's critical. It's key, and the difficulty is that we often not conscious or aware of the of the thoughts that are going through our head and the questions that we're asking ourselves. And again, this is something that I've learned years ago. This would absolutely fit into the category of things I now knew. You know, I probably first heard this uh, Tony Robbins cassettes or back in the, in the 90s, Personal Power 2 or some other version. Of, yeah. And, you know, he says, yeah, yeah, and I remember he, I, I can hear him saying this, something about how, how did he say? He said that um, you ask yourself a stupid question, you get a stupid answer. You know, if you ask yourself, why am I so fat? Your brain says, because you're a pig. If you ask yourself, how can I lose weight and enjoy the process? Your brain starts to give you ideas for how you can lose weight and enjoy the process. And that's, that's something that uh, is absolutely key, that asking questions, we can choose what questions we ask. We can choose, um, but we do, the first step is you have to become conscious of it. This is a great quote from a woman who I can't quite remember right now, but it, it's, uh, it goes like this. We, you know, most people think of a belief as a, um, as a, a something that is held by the mind. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it quickly. Yeah, please. Um, but um, let's see here. Belief held by the mind, but uh, really a belief that is something that holds the mind. Okay. Think about that, right? A belief is not something that is held by a mind. Oh, here you go. Uh, by Ellie Rizel, E-L-L-Y. So the quote is this. mind and a question is something that if we're asking it automatically it's not you know it holds the mind it limits what you could see something that we think habitually a thought that we have habitually that repeats itself that we're not even fully conscious of or even if we are conscious of it it holds the mind yeah so questions are a particularly pernicious type or a particularly powerful type yeah yeah okay i like i like that so you mentioned tony robbins i'm going to switch in a little bit there and a bit of a tenuous link but one i think which is which is which is um is the direction i'd like to move in um dr john d martini says the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your questions um tony robbins i believe says the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships i'm sure that they they both hold true um your a big element of what you do now is is very much around relationships and networks and such and and the 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 jvmm group um that you that you um are you know the, the figurehead of would you mind just sh sharing a little bit for for people that maybe aren't aware of what that is um about the group and and how that came to into being yeah so what, what you're referring to is what i you know the what, what, uh, what, what I do for with ordinary people and help them become ordinary consultants is really helping them um, become what I think of as an under the radar leader in your industry. And 
that what that means is that not everybody is looking to be put themselves forward as a you know kind of a, a content marketing machine or very active in, in terms of putting themselves out there as the kind of hey look at me and you can be like me that type of thing too yeah. or i'm so now that's that's perfect for those who it's perfect for yeah. But there are lots of people who it's not perfect for. And, and some of them have tried that and realized uh, that feels really awful. That's not me. What, am I, what else can I do? And, you know, you can become a Facebook ads ninja and uh, not everybody's interested in that. You can become a content <laughs> marketing machine. Like we said, a, a, you know, a, um, you, can, you, can, you know, you can tell yourself, oh, I need to write a book and then everything will fall into place and it won't. Uh, you can get your best-selling you know, author status, which is a nice thing to do, but it's not a strategy. Um, it's not a business model. It's not a strategy. It's not, it's, it's a, a piece. It's mm -hmm. a, something that, that helps. It's like the, um, you know, like, like the guy I was talking about, we were talking to yesterday, you know, all these things could be nice, but you need, like, you need to fit it in somewhere. You know, yeah. what are you trying to build? You can, you know, think that you need to do a, a personal rebrand, which, you know, again, all these things are wonderful, but you need a flow. So the, uh, and it has to fit your personality. And what happens is that most seasoned consultants, they come to realize that, you know, with all these things I've tried, my best clients still come from introductions, from referrals and relationships, you know, even maybe I get, I, I spoke somewhere at some conference, but then I connected with a few people afterwards and I continued to build those relationships over the following months and years yeah. until it turned into a nice six figure project. The problem is that referrals, they are unpredictable and relationships take a lot of time. So how do you, you know, and, and it's, it's hard to know, like, well, I'm just, I'm spending all this time just talking to these people, networking with these people, even virtually coffee in real life or virtually, yep. I don't know. I mean, some of them will, 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 will go somewhere, but many of them won't. So the idea is that you become what I call an under the radar leader in your industry by forming an alchemy network. And that is a network that you lead, right? You know, the owner of the network has advantages similar to the owner of the casino. The house always has advantages. And there's a few different ways and we can go through a little bit more uh, afterwards, but uh, let me give you the overview first and we yeah, can go please. deeper uh, any way you want. But the concept is that you, you form a network of 20, 50, 100, 150 people that are so either will be colleagues or ideal clients or recommenders and you bring them together and these are well-placed people across your industry and you're able to continue to build those relationships and generate referrals in a very consistent, um, much more predictable way. And it's leveraged. It's more leveraged. Obviously relationships will always take time. And I'm intentionally not saying scale, right? right? Because a lot of people jump from doing, you know, referrals and relationships. They're looking to find a way that I can scale this. Yeah. I have a client who's, um, um, you know, did a lot. He did quite well with what he was doing um, from just lots of in-person networking over several years. He, did, he got to where he's doing really well, but he got really tired of it. And now um, I'm helping him build an alchemy network. And he just uh, sent me a message yesterday on LinkedIn with a screenshot of the second paying member. And that's great. Hey, amazing. And, and, and that's the key. I, I just threw that in. And I forgot to mention it. You can actually turn all this work that you're doing, all this relationship marketing that you're doing for free, you can start to get paid for it because people will pay. And we're not, we're not talking about necessarily huge sums, but if your goal is half a million dollars plus a year, um, 
And suddenly you could be bringing in 50,000 or 100,000, 150, $200,000 a year from doing things that you're largely doing for free. At the same time, building what I think of as this golden platform through your alchemy network. It's just really, it's a fat, you know, it's a wonderful approach. And, and, and while it definitely is a long-term thing, it's something that you'll want to do for years. Uh, it could have immediate benefit too. Like you can immediately just, even before the network's fully formed, I've heard of stories from some of my customers and clients about how they've gotten, uh, gotten a new client just from that because it made it easy to reach out to people because now you don't sound like everybody else. And again, just, we can go deeper into any of these aspects. You just let me know what you're interested in. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and, and it starts a conversation because people aren't feeling like you're just another consultant trying to sell them something, trying to not really thinking about them. Who's pretending to have personalized those personalized, semi-personalized, uh, emails that you're sending mass in bulk. Uh, that, that everybody is saying, hey, I checked the, this and that on your website and this, uh, you really need to fix this and that. And someone said that to me the other day and they're very seasoned in what they're doing, but they're brand new having left the corporate world and sent out uh, many such emails. One of them really perplexed them. They can see that the email was opened 40 or maybe it was 80 times, but the, nobody responded. And I said, read the email to me and they read it. And it wasn't so bad. It was pretty, I'd say it was pretty good Yeah. in terms of touching on a, a pain point in terms of that there was some customization and there was, it was individually customized. The problem is that your message still is, sounds like another 50 messages that they already got in the last few weeks about the same type of thing, almost certainly. Yeah. So how do you stand out? Well, when everyone is contacting your ideal clients, trying to get something from them, if you were trying to give them something, even if there's a modest one or $2,000 a year annual fee, you stand out. And that's what you can do with an alchemy network. I love that. I love that. This let, let's, let, let's, let's dive in further. Cause the, the thing that appeals to me that I think is, is so exciting and why I was keen for us to, to have a conversation on the podcast as well, of course, the idea of influence and the influence podcast and, and the podcast, you know, it's tied very much to not so tied to, but, originate from Instagram and the, the fact that I built my business on Instagram over the past four years. And, and it's an opportunity to share that. And Instagram is a, a wonderful platform with a huge reach for people to, to share their message, to, to, to get their message out there in exactly the same way that you mentioned before, um, Dove, where you, we're talking about real experts, people that are fantastic at what they do, very, very good at what they do, but they don't have the confidence or the know-how to actually be able to get out there and market effectively. And just with what is often a few minor tweaks or adjustments and, and changes, they can do that very, very effectively. Um, but the net, the, this, this alchemy network, it sounds like perfect for those people that perhaps don't want to be out there beating the drum every day in this public look at me kind of, of way, which it, it doesn't always have to be on social media, but it, it can fall into that quite easily. Um, and actually it's, it allows people in more in their comfort zone, if, if you like, and more aligned with their values to be, to be able to still have a real significant impact and whilst having a profitable business as well. So w w is that partly where it came from? Did it come from the, the, the wanting to look for something that's not out there and, and sort of shouty, shouty, yeah. shouty kind of, I don't know if that's the right phrase. But good you, good you question. Uh, so I stumbled into this and I, I've been leading my own alchemy network. I now have two, but I, but I started one about 10 years ago 
because I, I realized that going forward at that time, I wanted to, uh, I was shifting from corporate consulting to working with other, you know, solo independent and small consulting firms. Yeah. Um, because I learned a lot in my first, you know, eight years or so, seven, eight years of, uh, of consulting and coaching. And I went from nothing to leading a CEO peer advisory group of, of CEOs of companies with between 10 and 200, $250 million in sales. I got a number of things right, but there was so much that I didn't know. And I was learning the hard way, you know, pushing a boulder up the hill and then watching it, you know, helplessly roll back down yeah, yeah. and in order to do the same thing again. Um, and I realized at some point that I just really wanted to help other people who were, you know, where I used to be and share some of uh, the insights and the, and the systems, because apparently I, I seem to be pretty good at suffering through things and then distilling down the key lessons <laughs> and sharing them with others in a concise and uh, concise way that they can get it. So, um, so, so I, at the time I figured, okay, you know, where am I going to find audiences or people or, you know, entrepreneurs, consultants, experts, where am I going to find people like that? And I, I wanted to do joint venture teleseminars at the time, you know, joint venture is before webinars were so big, they yeah. were starting. But <clears throat> so I looked around and I joined several different online communities, online forums. And I was, what was remarkable was how each one was diff different. Each one was different. I didn't find the community I was looking for. I was looking for a certain kinds of people who take a long-term perspective with their email lists, are open to cross-promoting others. Uh, they're they, they didn't see their email lists at, at, as um, their personal ATM machine. At the time, that was kind of uh, trendy. Um, right. You know, hey, you need a, you know, quoting, who was it? It was, uh, it was one of the Beatles, right? He said uh, he's, he's going to write his swimming pool. Yeah. Um, Right. If he wants a new swimming pool, write a song and, and pay for a swimming pool. Um, but that, that's okay because that's really just contribution to others. Or the way that the gurus back then were talking about it is basically, oh, you want a swimming pool? Hammer your email list and sell them stuff. And that, that approach didn't appeal to me and didn't appeal to many. So I started my own little group. You know, I, I reached out to a handful of people that I'd met online, not even in person. You know, this person was in some course that I'd signed up for. This person who I met, I don't even remember where I met them, some of them. Yeah. And over the next 10 years, we grew it. It grew it to um, uh, close to 200 people around the world. Um, and I got to a point where I realized, well, um, yeah, the, this, is, uh, this group is pretty big. I'd say about half were active and about half were not. And I realized I needed to, I needed to know who really wants to be here. Yeah. And I, I, I ran it free for probably the first eight, nine years until I got to the point where I realized, all right, it's time. It's time to start charging something, not a huge amount, but you know, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I my groups are a thousand to $2,000 a year and there are good reasons for that. But I was at the time before I switched, I was really afraid. I, it was a leap. I had to do it. I felt it was the right thing to do, but I also had to be willing to lose everything. I was afraid that I'd end up with somewhere between 10 and 20 members and I'd lose all those relationships because over the years, I started off with a handful of people, but over the years, some of these people who, when I started off, they were kind of on, on, you know, on a pedestal in my mind. They're out there. They're doing amazing work. They're so, way, so far ahead of me. Quite a number of people like that ended up in my network and I didn't want to lose those relationships. 
So it was really holding me back until I, I realized that I don't need them. First of all, I probably w- can still talk to them even if they want to leave. Uh, and maybe some of them will stay. So and anyway, I did it. And it was one of the best things I ever did, as these decisions usually are, right? Yeah. Where your gut says do it and your brain gives you all the reasons why not. Don't do it. Don't do it. And you do it because you listen to your gut, not your brain, which is yeah. counterintuitive. Most people think, well, you've got to be rational and logical. No, we've got to first listen to your gut. And then, like Tony Robbins says, give your brain a, di- a better question to ask. Or um, John Demartini, I'm, so f- I'm not familiar with him. I've heard his name, but I'm not familiar with his work. Yeah. But, so... Um, and, and that, that's how, you know, then you say, well, you got to follow your, your, your gut and then give your brain a better question to ensure that you succeed. Well, how can I make sure that no matter what happens, this works and you suddenly start getting ideas. So I transitioned, this is a little over a year ago, transitioned to paid and that taught me so much. Okay. Uh, and I'll just say that, that we passed through our first year anniversary. So that first big group, oh, I didn't say it. We, I, I was afraid we get 10 to 20 members. We got 45. Amazing. And since then we've more than, uh, we've almost doubled that size. And we got through the first big renewal period with the first chunk and about 85 to 90% renewed, which is great. You don't want everybody to renew. And I did have to kick one person out, which fortunately only one person in quite a while. Um, but uh, that's good. So, yeah. Um, that's the, so, so transitioning to paid helped me also realize it was the beginning of the realization where for a long time, like you teach Instagram, other people teach Facebook and, 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 you know, I was for a long time teaching more foundational skills. So, you know, you got, if no matter what tactic you want to use, you've got to be, you've got to build this foundation and then you could do Instagram then you could do Facebook and so on. But quite honestly, uh, it's harder to sell you know, skills and strategy than it is to sell a tactic. Mm. It's a lot easier yeah. to say, here's Instagram. And if you follow these steps, you know, obviously you're, you're giving them some strategic foundation as well. Um, otherwise it wouldn't work, right? That's a big part yeah. of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. But I was giving the strategic foundation and, and kind of you know, not as clear on, this, on the tactic. And I realized because for a while I was thinking, well, I don't really, I'm not really doing any of those things. I'm, I've dabbled in Facebook ads, but it's not, I realize it's uh, just enough to realize it's a full-time job that I don't want. And just enough to realize, anyway, so all those things that I didn't really want to do and didn't feel I had expertise in it. But what did I have expertise in? Well, I built this alchemy network, this network, that's what I call it of, you know, 200 colleagues and we promote each other. And that's how that's been the source of my email list growing and my clients and, and my customers. Maybe you should teach that. Maybe you should help people build that. And I thought, but, but it's so simple. Like anybody can do it (laughs) over a period of months and really a couple of years. I came to realize that, yeah, anybody could do it, but they're not. And I came to realize that people kept commenting about how, how unique the JVMM, that's the first network that I've run for about 10 years, Joint Venture Marketing Mastermind. You know, people always com- com- compliment me about how like, it's such a great group. They're so people, the people are such generous givers and they're operating at such a high level in their businesses. And, you know, it, 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 you know it's just wonderful people. And people were, were you know, commenting on how the group has grown stronger over the years and most groups peter out. Mm. And I started to realize that, hmm, you know, there really is that maybe there is something here, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, 
maybe I actually have been a victim or a, you know, a suffering from the curse of the expert. The, the expert's curse, that's where you don't realize that um, what you think is simple or easy for you is actually not so easy for other people. So I started, I, you know, I suggested to a client of mine that he form an alchemy network and he's a consultant who focuses on um, large companies, half a billion dollars and up, uh, mostly manufacturers. And he helps them with their innovation processes because the situation they find themselves in is that their new product innovation, it usually costs a lot more and takes a lot longer than they want. And, you know, the, uh, the, the managers come to the executives and say, we can do it. We just need more money, more people, more resources. And at some point, the senior leaders come to realize that, no, this is, you know, I can, I can give you all the money you want. It's not going to be enough. And that's where my client has an opening because he can help them completely turn around the, the results they're getting. Yeah. The problem is that it's hard for him to get through to these people, right? These are senior executives at half billion dollar plus companies. We help, I helped him start an alchemy network. And um, I still remember where within, there was a three day period where he had five senior executives at half billion dollar and billion dollar plus companies book themselves on his calendar to talk to him. Why? Because he'd approach them cold, by the way. Mm. using messaging that we'd come up with together that was really essentially uh, inviting them to his alchemy network. And like I said earlier, when you're approaching people so differently from what they're used to, you have a huge advantage. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't always get five people at that level um, in 72, 48 or 72 hours, whatever it was. Um, But, but there's been a successful trickle. And, and, and then we've been slowly building on that over, over time. And that's, uh, it's, it's really just opened up so many opportunities for him. And since then, I, I also shifted the focus of my business to ProfitableRelationships.com. And that's where now my focus is primarily or, or maybe almost exclusively now helping other consultants um, who find that most of their business comes from, from relationships, from uh, referrals. They want to leverage it and we help you become an under the radar leader in your industry through building and growing your own alchemy network. And then um, I'm just really enjoying, like I said, you know, just yesterday I got that screenshot from a client and a few days before another client. Um, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's great to see these slowly coming together. Yeah. And one more thought on this is that it definitely was the expert's curse that I was suffering from and still do to some degree. Because I, with all the questions that I get, I come to see that, that a lot of the, I would think that, well, that's not, mm, that's, a, that's a question. I, I, the answer to me is obvious because I've been doing it for so many years. Yeah. Because I've been focused on mastering this over so many years. And, and I've come to really value that, yeah, okay, what to me seems simple and clear is, uh, is very valuable for somebody else. And um, so, so it, uh, it's a, that's why I've been able to throw myself into it. And making that leap, that big leap, um, you know, about a year and a half ago has been a big part of this. And, yeah. and everybody, when, you got, when your gut says do it and your brain is telling you, no, but what if I run out of money? What if I this or that? Give your brain a better job and listen to your gut. Give it a better listen question. to your gut. What? Give it a better question. Give say. it a better question. But yeah. you, gotta, you have to listen to your gut. If you don't listen to your gut, you'll never get anywhere. If you listen to your brain when it's going against your... We all know, right? If your gut says... Um, don't do that and your brain is rationalizing say, yeah it'll be okay don't worry yeah do it just this time just want just wants we all know where that ends up that doesn't yeah. end up well right and 
it's the other way around as well. If your gut says, do it, you really should do this. That's the right thing for you to do. And your brain is telling you, no, don't do it. Don't because like, what's your wife going to say if it doesn't work out and, and, and you're already dipping into savings or, or like you've already spent money on this with somebody else and it didn't do anything. Don't do it. You can do this on your own or you can like, you know, you get help from a friend or yeah. you don't need any help. Yeah. <laughs> and you already bought enough courses. That's your brain. If your gut says do it, and you listen to your brain, you are not getting anywhere. You are spinning your wheels and you will stay where you are. Listen to your gut either way. Love it. I love it. There's, there'll be people listening now just thinking that that, that, that replaying that, that tape almost of, of, of what you just, just done with their brain of going through exactly the same thing. And I, I know I've been there in the past. I think we all have. Um, For sure. It'd be unnatural if, if we hadn't. Um, from, so it sounds like obviously the, the, the growth and the, the, the building of your network has been incredible over the, the, the past few years. The shift then into the, the, the paid model um, as well as, as, uh, was a, a real big moment for you with that. And now having clients that you're working with and people that you're working with helping that build their own as well. So if, if there are people listening today and they, like, they just love this idea of focusing on relationships and being able to approach people in a different way. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned to you previously dove and, and and i've said on the on the podcast in the past the whole reason for starting the podcast as a, a being with instagram and, and instagram being kind of my expertise um it would be a natural fit to do youtube and have a youtube channel and show the technical how to about how this works on instagram but i kind of wanted to avoid that because a lot of other people do that and and moved instead to the the, the podcast which doesn't lend itself to showing step-by-step how to but it does allow you to get in touch with and reach out to people who are, for me, five, six, seven steps, 10 steps ahead of where I am, um, but invite people on in a, in a non-salesy kind of way, but just in a gen- genuine way of wanting to talk to them, connect with them, learn from them, be able to inspire and, 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 and um, take that knowledge and, and share their knowledge and their expertise and their understanding and their lessons that they've learned and such, and be able to have that impact. So if, if people are listening today and, and maybe they have been held back a little bit by putting themselves out there on social media and such, and really like this idea of the, the, the alchemy network, what are three, four, two, seven essential things that they need to know, or maybe need to have in place or can, or consider if they're looking to do this and make a success from it? Um, okay, good. So uh, first of all, you, you, you need to know it's something that will get, that will bear fruit very quickly, but it's also something that you should only do if you want to do it for the long term. Okay. You know, it's not something like, well, I'll, I'll go in and out and it just doesn't make any sense. So, you know, if you feel drawn to, uh, to this, if, if you feel drawn to like, if you always had the sense that, yeah, networking or whether it's virtual or in person or, or just, you know, the relationships that you build, if you, if you can see how, um, the, the right relationships, as I like to say, are your unfair advantage. If you can see that, then you really should do this. Yeah. Um, and recognize that you could turn it into an additional revenue stream. Yeah. You know, and it could be a six-figure or multi-six-figure revenue stream. That's, that's really uh, number one. Number two is you then need to see how it fits with your business model. And like the guy I was talking to yesterday, he reached out, scheduled a call with me because he wanted to see if the Alchemy Network could, was a concept or that could help him. And I helped him with lots of things. Um, but 
I did point out, I said, you, you know, you're not yet ready for an alchemy network because we don't want to just create a network without a direction. We want to see how it feeds your business. Yeah. So I gave him some homework and, and I said, hey, do this and that because we first need to figure out what is your business going to really look like? What's that business model? What are you selling into who? And how are you doing it in a way that doesn't require, like doesn't pull you in a hundred different directions and instead focuses you in one direction so that everything you do starts to add up. Yeah. And um, I could help him with that part too. Maybe I will, but you know, I gave him some free help first. Right. So <clears throat> then um, once, once you're clear as to the, the direction, um, then you're going to need to make a couple of, um, you know, there's about a, you know, probably about four or five important foundational decisions. The key, the first two, rather, the first two are number one, who is your ideal member? And number yeah. two, what's the big idea that will lead your ideal member to want to join and participate? So, and, and, you know, when I'm working with a client, we'll usually come up with, we'll generate several different ideas and then pick one. Yeah. Right. So, um, now, an alchemy network could fit really in a couple of different places on your funnel. So if you think of a, a typical funnel, right, I mean, it has a wider mouth at the top and a narrower sure. <laughs> opening at the bottom, yeah. right? That's the, that's the analogy. And you, know, you have more people coming in at the top and some and exit at the bottom as paid customers or paid clients. So um, first of all, just a, another little nugget that... Um, I found I think is really important is that this whole idea of a funnel, what is it really trying to accomplish? And to get straight to the answer, because uh, you know, I, I think that most people overcomplicate this. You know, you ask them what's the purpose of a funnel, because they're teaching how to build a funnel, and and, and a funnel is just a system, a system, it's a mechanism. Yeah. And you ask them, well, what's the, you know, if, if you were to ask them, most people don't. What's the purpose of a funnel? The answers that you get are really. Well, it's just, it's to fill your pipeline. It's to, it's to generate leads. It's to close deals, yep. make sales. Yeah. And because that answer is so blatantly obvious, apparently to everybody, people don't usually even ask what's the purpose of the funnel, right? So talking about quality of questions, I was thinking years ago, thinking, well, what actually is the purpose of the funnel? What is it intending to accomplish? And, and I realized that the purpose of your funnel, your marketing system, whatever you want to call it, is to lead your ideal client to answer yes, yes, and yes to three questions because your ideal client is only going to have three questions in order to go from total stranger, never heard of you to where they're happily investing a significant amount of money with you. Yeah. And those three questions are number one, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? And it doesn't matter if they came across you through an Instagram post or if they came across you because some, their best friend referred you and said, you have to talk to, uh, to Jake, right? It doesn't matter. Um, their first question is going to be, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? And your job at that first stage in the funnel is to lead them to answer, oh yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And as soon as their brain answers, yes, that's interesting, then instantly they have a second question, which is, you got me interested, but can I trust you? Now the job of your funnel is to lead them to answer, yes, yes, I can trust you. Wow. You really seem to know your stuff and you seem to actually care about me. Huh. At that point, they, they think of the third question. And the third question is, you got me interested. I see I can trust you. Is what you recommend right for me? Yeah. Is what you recommend right for me? And the job at that point, that's the sales phase of this, is to close, to, to close the deal. How do you get there? By leading them to conclude that what you recommend is right for me. And then congratulations, you have a new, uh, a new client, new sale. 
So there are two, two places in the funnel where you can place an alchemy network. And, and it, it could either be at the top of the funnel, in which case the network would probably be comprised of colleagues of yours, like my JVMM network that, that yeah. you mentioned earlier. Those are colleagues of mine, and we all market and sell to similar broad type of audience, small business entrepreneur, medium-sized business consultant, expert, and so on. And we're, we recognize that there are more people on my email list and my audience who will never do business with me, but they're there because they're looking for something. Yeah. And they might be looking for you, Jake, because they might be on my list, but they really might be a, a great fit for, um, for an Instagram system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And vice versa. There are people in your audience who are there. They'll never do business with you, but they're there because they're looking for something and they might be looking for me because they may not be such a great fit for Instagram and they might be a better fit for an alchemy network. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So it makes a lot of sense for us to promote each other to say, Hey, go check out Jake. Hey, check out Dove. And when you multiply that by dozens or, you know, a hundred, 200 other people, everybody's going to be able to find their, their colleague, 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 what's the word? I, think, that word. <laughs> I don't know. Relationships. I know right? you mean, yeah. Yeah, that one. So yeah. the, find those relationships and that's at the top of the funnel and that helps you bring people to your funnel to yeah. give your funnel the chance of, of helping them answer yes to the first question. Should I pay attention? Is it interesting? Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And then the second place where you might want to have a, an alchemy network is in the middle of the funnel where especially if you're a consultant or if you're selling anything of high value, high, high price, a lot of times people are not going to be ready to work with you right away. So you say, you know, uh, Jake, you tell me, Dove, I, I love what you're doing. Um, I'm just not ready right now. Our company is, uh, is really, we're, we're bogged down with this and that and so on. Could you get back to me? Please get back to me in six, six months because I really, I, I really want to work with you. And I think that in six months, we'll be ready for your incredible strategy consulting and whatever might be program, right? So, uh, and, you know, you're running a nice business here and, and I'm, a, you know, I'm not a slacker. I, I take the initiative. So yeah. five months later, I get back to you and I say, hey, Jake, remember me? How's it going? I figured I'd check in because you, you told me to. Told me that you might be ready now. And you say, oh, oh, Dove, I'm so sorry. I wish you'd gotten back to me last month because we just went with this other <laughs> competitor of yours. You're laughing because yeah. you know exactly that's happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I love that. Coming back, coming back one month early so they can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? So we've all been that place. And what's yeah. happened is that they forgot about you. So what could you do? So, well, there are the things that you could do. You can stick them on your email list with permission, of course. And then you're sending them emails and videos and links and so on. Uh, that's one to many, right? You're sending yep. one to many, but the conversation is one directional. It's not a conversation. It's they just reminded that you exist, yeah. but you don't have the opportunity to hear from them. You don't have the opportunity to find out that they are actually at that stage at month three when they started realizing that, Oh, we do need this. It is more of a priority than we thought, but, but, um, you know, for whatever reason, they're not making that connection to you. Maybe your emails are going to spam. Maybe, maybe they're just, you know, not opening them because they're so yeah. busy. Yeah. And maybe someone else just made an introduction. Uh, so they're just going with that referral. Yeah. Um, you don't have that two-way conversation. Well, another thing that you could do is you could have a one-to-one -one conversation or, or rather outreach where every few weeks you send them something. You say, hey, Jake, um, I saw this article or this video that I thought would be relevant. Have a look at this. And I'm sending you stuff in the hopes that you find it interesting, but it's not based on 
you know, it's, it's not based on that deepening relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it often feels awkward. Yeah. So those are two options and I'm sure there are others. Uh, but what if instead I'd say, Jake, you know what? Six months. I totally get it. You shared this and that. And I think it's going to be an issue based on what you told me, even from today, I've got this network and here's what the big, here's who it's for. And here's what the big idea is. And it's, it's only a thousand or $2,000 a year. And here's, you know, I, I, you know, here's the, here's what you can expect to get. And of course, what you can expect to get is multiples in, in the value, you know, anywhere yep. from 10 X to 50 X to hundred X or more. Um, why, why don't, why don't we get you signed up in this, uh, as a member in my network and, and then you'll get this additional benefit, access, support, and so on between now and then. And we can check in from time to time, see how you're doing. And then you say, okay, that sounds like a good idea. And then you, you join the network. And now, um, first of all, anytime you're, you're, you're asking a question, in the group, these are all virtual, and, and I do not use Facebook groups. I do not use LinkedIn groups. I don't use Slack. I, I like email-based discussion. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, that's, that's something I can, you know, work with a client to figure out what's best for them. So, you know, I see that you ask a question about this, you ask a question about that, and I can reply to you in, in public in the group. And I can also reach out and say, Hey, Jake, let's get on a 15 minute call because I want to find out what you're up to and what's going on, because that will help me direct the group, the network in a way that's valuable for you, as well as others who might be in a similar situation. Now we've got that two way conversation, but not only that, but now you're benefiting from being in this network of people who are carefully curated, people who you want to be around, people who you want to have conversations with, and you're always reminded that this is Jake Davies' network. And that's why I say, it's one of the reasons I say that, that um, you know, when you own the network, you know, you, you've got an advantage, like, like you own the casino, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just, there's, there's, there's so much value in, in there that you've, you've just got into in, in so many areas you the, the three questions uh, um just taking a few steps back to that i think it's such a great analogy for for anybody that's that's considered any element of marketing is you know whether that is online whether that is in person that is it interesting is always the first thing and and there's there is so much noise out there there's so much you know social media particularly there is a lot of noise out there so how do you stand out how do you grab the attention grab the interest and such first and when I talk to clients and work with clients on, on Instagram, it's, they've got a very clear idea. On one hand, you, you talked about um, who's the ideal person for my network. And with clients, we talk about who's the ideal client for your business? Who, who specifically mm -hmm. are you looking at with your, for your business? But then occasionally they have the blinkers on that every, that they only want those type of people to follow them. I, I only want those people following me who are definitely going to buy from me. I don't want all these other people who are just looking or, you know, but by keeping that top of that funnel broad, open, interesting, engaging, catching people's attention, then it allows us to, to, to build that credibility, build that, um, that authority, if you like. And we still add value to different people in different ways. I think that's the great thing is that it doesn't have to be the same amount of thing for it. People can take away different levels of, of, of things from, from what you do and what you offer um, in, in, that, in that kind of way, rather than it always being specific on that type of person. But mm -hmm. From there, the transition, I think you probably, I think you sold everybody on the idea of moving from a database, which is, or not necessarily moving away from it, but, but a, a, a one-to-many, one, one, one directional um, yeah. conversation. No, to suddenly this, 
Sorry. To in addition, it's in addition. I have an email. I send out emails regularly. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. But, but we have to recognize the the strengths and weaknesses of everything that you're doing and how different things could come together. Absolutely, absolutely. And and the combination of the two that now allows the 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 the, the open conversation, I guess you would say, between people that, as you mentioned, may, maybe they're, they're just they don't see that it's right for them, and that's that could that could quite be be the case as well. Um, Okay, fantastic. So, so those are kind of the steps for somebody who may be looking at, at, um, at setting up that type of network as well. For somebody who wants to learn more about, about you, about what you do, about the network perhaps itself, or, or just get further information about this, this under the radar influence, if you like, what, what would so, be the best steps for them? Yeah, so I put up a short video training um, that lays out a little bit more about how to turn this relationship marketing that you're doing for free into a, a revenue source into a, you know, another hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year, which is by the way, an extra million dollars over five years. Now, who wouldn't want an extra million dollars in revenue over five years? What could you do with that? Absolutely. Right? So we uh, put that up at profitablerelationships.com forward slash Davey, D-A-V-E-Y in your honor. Thank you. And, and I said before, you spelt it correctly as well, because so many people get it wrong, but I appreciate that as well, though. Thank you. And you're, you're pronouncing my name properly. Appreciate that. <laughs> Honestly, I don't care. I mean, it doesn't bother me when I get it wrong, but many do get it wrong. So that's all right. Dove. Yeah. Thanks um, for having me. No, no, that's a pleasure. So we will, I, I'll definitely make sure that we share that and that we get that link available for people to, to come across and learn more. Um, I'd love if, if, if it's okay, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of, of, of time. Um, but I, I do want to, uh, just ask a couple of quick fire questions, if I may as well, they, sure. they don't have to be quick fire answers, but just to, to, to maybe broaden the horizons a, a, a bit and, and, um, so people can get a bit more of an insight into, into you as well. Um, is, do you have, uh, you, we talked about habits and the idea of goal setting and such and working towards that, that clear plan. Um, do you have maybe an unusual routine, morning routine, daily practice, uh, something that perhaps is other people might find a bit unusual, maybe that you, you consistently do that you just couldn't live without? Um, I, I need some time to myself every day. I don't know if that's unusual or not, but I need some time to, to do some reading, some writing, some meditating, relaxing and, and thinking. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know that I, I don't get it all in every day. But yeah. I, I do need that time to collect my thoughts and to, to, to get myself focused. If I just dive in and start doing and doing, I'll end up ending the day um, without having done any important things. I yeah. may have reacted to lots of things. And then you don't feel like you did that, anything that day, which isn't a good feeling. So, you know, that's, uh, I, I would say I've got so many notebooks from scribbling and writing over the years. And I, I, I used to go to coffee shops more and doing that a little bit less lately. Yeah, um, of course. But, but I still do get out a little bit uh, when they're open. And that, yeah. It's it, it's the so the, kind of that journaling and that, that, that quiet time, that space at a point in the day. Do you find that that's more valuable morning. in the morning? Do you find it more valuable in the evening? Do you do, you do both maybe at the end of the day, the work day, so to speak? Um, how does that I do the morning? Morning, but... In my office right behind here, I have what I call my thinking chair, which is a big, big chair that I sometimes need to go to to clear my head. So, and that could be anywhere from, you know, five minutes to 45 minutes where I'll just yeah. go there, sit down, clear my head. Um, 
you know, get away from the screens. The screens just there's, there's always something telling you know demanding your attention, and it's often not the most important thing, usually. Yeah. So, um, so so that I, I I got my thinking chair over there. I love that. I love that. But yeah, right. I recommend everyone get a thinking chair. Thinking chair. <laughs> we'll get we'll get the affiliate links in there. Um, my my mentor uh, Paul had. I, I remember when I first um, started Good working. Man. Um, yeah, yeah. So of course we have common, common, um, uh, connection in Paul Omani, um, who's, who's also appearing on the podcast in the next few weeks as well. Um, but I remember when I first started working with, and again, I was very new to all this, uh, very, very, very new to, to it and, and just trying to soak up as much as I could, but looking at his calendar one day and every single a, a time in the day, I'm sure he, I, hope, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. I don't think he does cause he's, he shared this, um, with others, but there was time on there every day, which was just called think time. Um, and it was purely time that he'd set aside. Just, just we talk about working on the business rather than working in the business. This is almost working on ourselves rather than going through the programming, right? And I just, at, at the time, that just really stood out as ah, what thinking time. Just you know, but because because we have to take that time away, don't we, to process and digest yeah. and and such as well. Um, okay, so so. Just moving beyond that, this, I, I like, I, I love this question, but I'm intrigued as to how people interpret it and, and how they respond. Through your, your journey, I guess would be the, the, um, maybe the, the right word, close or distant, who has been, do you feel, the most influential, the most important mentor, guide, coach, or teacher to you um, over the course of your, your, your life, I guess, today? Ooh, like a uh, a one person it, it could be mm. a person it could be a, a training it could be a group and cl- close or distant it could be somebody you know, you've never met even i i've just learned from so many people it's really hard to choose i really have learned from you know um i'd say you know my my parents were always supportive uh of the different interests that i had as a kid my grandmother was always supportive um growing you know and moving up different mentors and coaches I've worked with over the years, colleagues I've brainstormed with and shared feedback with, you know, I could be talking to somebody who's an expert in marketing and funnels and like I did last week. And, and I'm saying, and he's telling me what he's doing. He's like, yeah, I and mean, people aren't really buying this. And I said, well, let me see. And I showed me the page and, and I'm like, well, here's why this and that. He's like, oh yeah, you're right. And then he does the same thing for me because we just can't see ourselves. Yeah, we just, we just can't, you know, you, you can see yourself up to a point and you just got to get out of your own head. Yeah. Um, and it's just been so many people, so many and, and books and videos. And I just, I'm not at all a sports fan, so I don't know much about sports, but I, I just came across an interview with Kobe Bryant the other day, which uh, I'm going to watch again and take notes. Okay. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I heard his name over the years because he, have to be a kind of in yeah. a cave, I suppose not to. Uh, and then he was uh, tragically killed last year. Yeah. But um, so I just, just really listening to and hearing the beliefs articulated by somebody who has really mastered their craft and grown to the top of the world in yeah. what they're doing, and then went on to achieve, you know, great success in other areas too. So yeah, Dan. Well, that's my answer. No yeah. one person. <laughs> it's a no, it's a great answer. I think the the, the thing that I took I took away from that is that it doesn't matter what 
industry, what business area, what niche, what specialism people are in, there are success, like that phrase, success leave clues. And there are always things that you can pick from no matter what area that is, that there are things that you can take and borrow and, and such from those different areas. Um, I, I, I'm drawn to mastery. Yeah, I'm drawn to mastery. And I think that we could learn from other people who have really mastered their craft and are working hard every day at mastering themselves because that's yeah. the hardest. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, is the uh, this is kind of uh, book related, but you may you may extend this um, if you wish. But do you have a, a particular book? You you talked before about um, when you were I think sixteen. You said the, the seven habits of highly mm-hmm. effective people. That in the, in the very very first episode of, of the Influence podcast, I talked about I talk about that book and and why I love that book so much and I think it's so valuable. Everyone should go back and listen. It's 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 it, yeah I I love that book I think it's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Is there one particular book uh, or phrase or saying or just something that you you kind of keep coming back to with with other people that you recommend to other people? Um, I, I think that that Ryan Holiday's book The Obstacle Is the Way should be required high school reading because we're we're teaching. Have you read that? No. Could you could you just maybe expand on that a little bit? Yeah we're teaching our kids to grow up and thinking that, that everything is supposed to be just fine. Everything is supposed to, uh, and, and anytime something isn't the way you want it to be, that means somebody else is victimizing you. And I think that's really, that's, that's just wrong. Read the obstacles away. This should be taught required reading in high schools yeah. and that, you know, read it twice, you know, maybe once in ninth grade and again, two years later, <laughs> it's a, it's a very easy to read book with lots of short stories, but life is full of problems and it's what we make of it. It's, it's, it's who we become while, while, you know, working through it. Yeah. That's what it is. And yes, of course, sometimes there are people who make victims out of others and, and we should do something about that. Absolutely. But you know what? Um, rights and responsibilities are two sides of a, of a stick. You know, we've got to talk not just about rights, but also about responsibility. And we all have responsibility and it's, you know, it, it you know, it's not the interesting thing is like uh, that, that if someone's demanding rights, that means it's, it's usually they're saying it's someone else's responsibility. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it is. Yeah. But on the other end of that, your demand for rights is what are your responsibilities? I want to hear both. Yeah. I, the, it's, uh, I, I, love, I love that. The fact that you mentioned those two words, it, 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 I'm laughing because, and the fact that you mentioned that book being, being sort of, um, should, should be something that everybody reads in high school. Um, I was a, I think, as you know, I was a teacher for eight years and I, I recall so many conversations with, with students, uh, you know, after lesson at the end of the day, lunchtime, whatever it may be. And this isn't fair. This isn't right. This is wrong. I'm not happy about this, you know, their fault, mm-hmm. this fault, whatever. And, and I, I would always come back to that. I would come back to the, there's two areas, there's rights and responsibilities and you know, your rights in and out, you know, you tell me and all the other mm-hmm. teachers and all the other students every day, you know, your rights but you're forgetting about your responsibilities. And mm-hmm. if, you can, if you can look after your own responsibilities and manage yourself, a lot of these other things are gonna be a lot more simple for you and straightforward. So I will definitely, I'm gonna get that, that book on Audible. I'm gonna have a listen to that, start listening to that this evening. So The Obstacle is the Way, Ryan Halliday. I'll put um, yep. a link in the show notes to that to, as well. So thank you, Dove, for that. Um, final question, let's do it. I, I, I'm, I'm keen to know your answer to this. Um, and so let me, let me dive in. I ask everybody that comes on the, on the podcast this question. Um, 
the name of the podcast is, is Influence. Uh, Doe, for you, what does the word influence mean to you? Uh, influence is, uh, I think it's just a reality. It's just that we're constantly influencing or trying to influence other people. Other people are trying to influence us. It's neither good nor bad. Now, I think that, that um, you know, we have to be willing to allow others to influence us as just as we would like to be influencing because if we're at the end of the day, if we're aiming to find out what's, what's the best thing for the most people, what's the truth? No one has all the answers. None of us, nobody does. And I think one of the big reasons why we're so divided these days is because we see so many people who, when they see an idea or an opinion or a conclusion that differs from their own, they don't stop and begin from a place of respecting the other person. They start from a place of disrespecting the other person. They don't stop and try to understand, well, that's a point of view. That's an opinion. That's a conclusion that makes no sense to me. But help me understand it. It's almost like we've lost the importance in understanding a point of view and understanding a conclusion that's not our own. Yeah. And that causes tremendous division. And that's what we're seeing a lot, unfortunately, you know, at, at this time. Yeah. Unity to bring people together is as much about allowing ourselves to be influenced as it is about influencing others. And I think that is a, a really important goal. I love it. I love it. Thank you. So I, I feel like that is the perfect place to leave um, the unity the, the episode today. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, thank you so much. I, I would love to, to be able to, to come back in, in maybe a few months time and I, I, I'm very confident that we could have another a conversation for an hour or so in totally different topics, totally different areas, and 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 just it would be completely different to, to today's. But sure, um, I've taken an awful lot of value from this, and the, there's there's a number of things that I'll be recommending um, that people listen to and, and take from this. Um, so thank you so much. I do greatly appreciate it. Just one final time, if if people want to learn more from you, if they want to be able to connect with you and contact you and learn more about this. The, the alchemy network under the radar and, and, and such what's the best way for people to get in touch profitable relationships.com forward slash Davey for that uh, you know that that concise training I talked about and you can email me dove dov at profitable relationships.com and uh, likewise be happy to you know to join to rejoin you again thank you Thank you so much. I've got a feeling you'll get, you'll get quite a few emails and uh, I will make sure that there's links in there to the, uh, the training as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Very much appreciated. Mm. For everybody that's been listening, uh, you have the contact details and the, the links from everything that we've discussed today in the show notes. Thank you all for being with us. Dove, thank you again. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care. Hi friends, Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at jakeadamdavy. If you're enjoying this podcast, 
don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay on mission, do something extraordinary for others, keep inspiring and keep growing your circle of influence. Goodbye.